Hello there everyone, it's your boys, back again with another cracking episode of The Film Aspect, the show where a couple of Scotsmen talk all aspects of film. My name is Aaron, his name is Brian, and today we're here to talk about Wonder Woman 1984, and I know for a fact that Brian has already secured this film in his top films of 2021, haven't you Brian? Yeah, definitely. Sarcasm is at play here guys, sarcasm is at play. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) How are you doing this week? I'm doing well, tired. Um, usual, <laughs> usual. But I did. I woke up. I, 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 when I, I was promoting this on my socials, I had to put in a wee disclaimer saying last week I had woken up like five minutes before we started recording, and then just couldn't get the words out of my mouth for what it was I was trying to say. So I made a point. I woke up. We like started. Four hours we started before. recording at like two o'clock as well. <laughs> I know. I've got a terrible sleeping pattern, but I'm, I'm energized. I've got all my thoughts right right in the tip of my tongue even, his bed's even words. made in the background I can I see it it's, he's, <laughs> can bounce a penny off of that thing <laughs> I never quite got that when they do that in shows how can you bounce no. something like that like how brick does your bed need to be to bounce a bit of metal off it I've got no idea Just I don't like it. a hard bed though I'm not I'm not a soft bed kind of guy see I'm kind of mid- middling now because I, I used to I used to be a hard bed kind of guy but now I've, I've kind of went for a firm memory foam mattress that's kind of what i'm there for i'm mm-hmm. liking that so it's been a good investment in my part i'd say yeah um, i'm not a fan of the memory foam not that it's got anything to do with what we're talking about it's got everything to do <laughs> um if you want to support the show you can do so in a number of easy ways more importantly ways that are free to you you can tell your friends and family that this is a place for film news reviews and debates and maybe you can give us a wee review on apple podcast you can give the show a follow on Twitter at The Film Aspect where you'll find updates to the show like the announcement we just made yesterday and on last week's episode that uh, we're having our one year anniversary slash birthday extravaganza which will take place on Friday the 5th of February live on Twitter at 8pm GMT. We haven't quite nailed, nailed down the name yet. Is it an anniversary thing or is it a, a birthday thing? I don't know. Would you say birthday? I, really, I feel I like really anniversary. Uh, like same thing isn't it? well well no <laughs> <laughs> but it, it kind of is and oh, they yes. both do the same thing they, they they mark a date from when something started so we, we've we've been married to film for a year let's say that yeah um yeah so yeah that's gonna be fun we've got uh we're gonna be tackling the top 10 movies according to imdb uh to discuss whether they should be there or not and we're gonna do so with some fantastic guests it's gonna be an absolute doozy Join in, spread the word, and watch us fumble our way around the technology because we're just talking about that. How are we going to do it? We'll just, you need to turn up to see if we manage it. Exactly. Will there be sound problems, Wi Fi dropouts? You get to see my my cracking shelf, my whiteboard in the background. Brian's looking at it right now. He just keeps commenting how great it looks. I do. Just, That's yeah. And you'll get to see our faces. That'll be the thing as well. <laughs> no, me, I'll, I'll wear a mask. I'm oh, watching you... the Phantom of the Opera this week, so I'll wear a mask. A Phantom mask. <laughs> They'll maybe get to finally see which of the two faces, like little pictures on yeah. the, the logo, <laughs> what belongs to <laughs> which one belongs to who. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's going to be fun. So uh, join us then. We'll be posting about it like mad, probably to see if we can manage to get about two people to turn up. That would be a success. But um, aye, it'll be good. Join in then and do all those other things I was talking about. That was a that was a relatively that might have been the smoothest intro I've ever done this entire time. Not a stutter in sight. I, I think I think that's been smoother. What? 
Nah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I like that we'll one. See. I thought it was pretty I, was, good. I mean, I enjoyed it as well, but. <laughs> uh, you know. So, going over to the world of film, we've got some couple of wee things that happened, right? So, Brian was trying to talk about it off air, and I was like, nah, mate, shut up. I don't want to hear it unless it's being recorded. <laughs> uh, Godzilla vs. Kong trailer came out. Did you watch it? I told you to watch it. <laughs> Yeah, I did watch it. I did. Passive I watched the boss. message yeah. to him, just yeah. like watch the Kong versus Godzilla trailer this week. <laughs> what did you think? Uh, it looks good. Have you seen the other movies? Yeah. Did you yeah, watch uh, the second one? Yeah, I went to the cinema this year. Oof. It was a uh, yeah, and I, I like them. I like all of the King Kong and Godzilla films that I've seen. I'm not a fan of Skull Island. No, to be honest, I was. I did like. I liked it a lot. Um. But this just hit the the right notes for me for whatever reason. Like I got so excited, what like they they were building it up. Obviously, they were releasing little clips beforehand, um, and I just I like the art style, especially with Kong, because obviously we've seen a fair share of um of Godzilla, and Kong was about a fifth as a size of what he is now in the previous movie. So like I was really excited to see the the art style, and I really I do really like the look of it. And this also feels like the first. Obviously, like, we kind of... No, June doesn't really capture the same thing for me, but, like, Godzilla vs. Kong is just a big, stupid... Like, Jurassic World, for me, I get... I, I don't care how shit the movies are. I'm always going to get excited to go to the cinema because I think it's just... The atmosphere's there when you go to see a movie like that. And that... I got that sense from this, but obviously it's quite heartbreaking because we can't go and see it. Like, I don't think you'll even be able to watch it in March when it comes out. I think we are talking about that briefly last week. But, uh... I do like how stupid it is. It's just like, Godzilla's out there hurting people and we don't know why. <laughs> or like, <laughs> Kong bows to no one. All oh, these stupid lines. Kyle Chandler's still there. Um, yeah. There's a little girl who can talk to Kong. Um, and Godzilla's the bad guy. There's rumours. There's, there's rumours happening that it's actually going to be Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. Which I will flip the fuck out at if that happens. I'll, that'll be amazing. I would just like geek the fuck out if that happens. I I'm not even like a big Godzilla, but see if it's just a giant robot Godzilla. There's no way I'm the the happiest boy <laughs> in, on the planet if that happens. <laughs> um, secondly, we have uh, the Tomb Raider sequel gets a director Misha Green, who was the Lovecraft con- uh, country showrunner. I didn't know they were making another one of these, or maybe I did. I've forgotten yeah, about it. Been- I've uh, been talking about it for a while, but I thought they they kind of threw it by the by the wayside. But now apparently it's back to life. So I I enjoyed the the Tomb, Tomb Raider reboot. I actually did kind of like it. I was a little disappointed by the fact they didn't lean into like they went the realistic angle with the new yeah. one. I think I said this before, but like you know, because the the Tomb Raider the Tomb Raider show uh, games have always been like. You know, there's actually dinosaurs, there's actually some myth- mythical curse and all this kind of stuff. And then this just decided, nah, it was just a virus. Like, somebody just had the the plague or whatever. So that was a little disappointing, I think. Um, but, no, I'm I'm up for seeing more of these. And if it leans into being a bit cringier, well, that sounds like a bad thing. But, like, just so it knows what it is, because at the very end she obviously is like, I'll take two, and she does the two guns. <laughs> Save it. Like yeah. I hated that at the time, just because it's, it kind of didn't quite mesh so well with whatever everything else in that movie. But I think it could be good if they if they lean into the 
a wee bit more of the campiness, I suppose. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited for this. Last thing I saw, uh, apparently there's a Harry Potter show in the works at HBO Max. Yeah, I, 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 I flipped past something like that because it did not pique my interest in the slightest. I was going to say, because <laughs> it, it, it doesn't really interest me either, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, it just it just bugs me though when you hear about them making these kind of shows because you're like, can you not just leave it alone? Just leave stuff alone. Yeah. I mean, I get, I suppose like Harry Potter's coming up on 10 years since the last movie, I think. Roughly. It's not 2012. 12? No, it's... 2011? Yeah, 2011, I think it came out. Uh, what was the last one called again? Deathly Hallows Part 2. It might even have been 2010. Oh, it's 2011, so to this year yeah. it's actually 10 years since that came out. Oh, we episode in the in the works this year, the, in a few months then. Can't wait. <laughs> uh, I know someday who'll be very excited about that. I, Amelia, who's constantly trying to get me to watch those again and again and again. But I'll just keep it a secret for now. Um, yeah, that that's it. That's all I've got to. That's all I had to talk about. But yeah, I just I I'm, don't have any news. I'm super excited for Godzilla versus Kong. I just think, I mean, it just looks like it knows what it is. You know, they're in a big neon city. Like, what the fuck is that? Why is there a big neon city? Why, like, do we even care why Godzilla's bad? I just plus right. Predictions, one will fall, who's going to win? Kong. I think it's... See, I think, right, so the... I don't know, because I feel like it would be such a cop-out if they said one will fall and then Disney, but I have a feeling if the Mechagodzilla rumours are true, that Godzilla and Kong will team up at the end of the movie. You know, Godzilla... Uh, also, Kong's got his little axe as well or yeah. no little I suppose but it's apparently made of the dorsal fin of Godzilla or a Godzilla like creature because there's been ancient wars or all this kind of stuff I like yeah. I, I'm really starting to like this wee monster verse they've got I think it, it is, could be a I solid bunch of films to be honest I think that the reaction that I've seen on Twitter is people are I think people are expecting this film to be a lot you know bigger and better than it's going to be it's like the hype that surrounded um Blade Runner 2049 when it first came out it was everywhere and people were buzzing to see that and they thought it was going to be a completely different film than it actually ended up being ah but that was and a good that yeah, exceeded I'm, I'm, the expectations in a lot of ways it, though um but <laughs> I just don't I don't I don't get the it seems to be everybody has these like unrealistic expectations and maybe it's because it's the first kind of or one of the first big films that's coming out since the pandemic but I think people are putting a lot of eggs in this basket to be something that is not going to be. I think if if I think it's going to be in line with Skull Island and the first two Godzilla movies, it's not going to be great, but it's going to be entertaining. And I think a lot of people are expecting it. By by the reactions I've seen, a lot of people are expecting this to be some sort of you know high octane masterpiece, and I just don't think that's what it's going to be. Ah, uh, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't think. I don't think so. Like that's not really what I expect from it. I like because I think Godzilla Two or King of the Monsters is a shit movie, but and I don't look for because like amazing films, but see something you know that gives me goosebumps where a big lizard stomps his feet and shouts or roars. <laughs> like yeah. that that makes that gets me excited. You know the stuff like that I really enjoy. Um, so. Yeah, I'm kind of. It just it didn't play right for me in Kong Skull Island. I mean, I remember this really ridiculous bit where they're like, 
one of the monsters burps out the remains of one of the soldiers and they're like, ah, oh, rather than like figuring it out, they had to make sure his little dog tags were hanging off of his skull. <laughs> they're like, oh, it's that guy. No, fuck off. Right, so, but yeah, I think it's just, if as long as it knows, we want big, bright action, stupid stuff, big monkey, big lizard punching the shit out of each other. That's amazing. That's all I'm looking for in this kind of movie. And I think, that's what we'll get and that's something they seem to learn with king of the monsters because like yeah. I, I really liked the the reserve approach to godzilla in that movie because i felt like when godzilla turned up in the 2014 godzilla it like hit properly like it was really impactful but obviously i get why people would be annoyed at something like that and then i also just really loved that there was like six big fights in king of the monsters yeah um so yeah i'm i'm buzzing mate I'm buzzing. Whenever we get to see this, though, but I'm wondering I if I if I can hold off, because I have a feeling that it's going to have some kind of alternative for UK viewers, and I'm just wondering, can I hold off long enough to be like, now nah, wait to the cinema, if it's even in the cinema, you know, like whenever they actually open, like, do I have the power within me to not just go fuck it? I'm just going to rent it and watch it at the <laughs> house. I don't, I don't know if I do. But I want to because I want to feel the sound reverberating through my ribcage, my soul, you know. But um, I that's that's uh, <laughs> that's the news, or mainly just Godzilla versus Kong talk. We'll make this into a Godzilla versus Kong podcast exclusively. <laughs> just every little tidbit, like, all the theories, just become one of those guys. Yeah, um, sounds fun. <laughs> so today our topic is Wonder Woman eighty four or nineteen eighty four which is the sequel, of course, to the 2017 Wonder Woman, directed by Patty Jenkins, starring uh, Gal Gadot. Or Gal Gadot? Gal Gadot? I say Gal Gadot. I, don't I think... say Gal Gadot. I, I don't know. I think it's like a, a, a mix between Gadot and Gadot. I, I, I don't know if that's just her accent. So Maybe. Yeah, Say it wherever you want. People know who you're talking about. Aye, they know who I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, so you get uh, Gal Gadot, you've got Pedro Pascal, Kristen Wig, Kristen Wig, and yeah. uh, Chris Pine, and well, I'm gonna try and summarize, but actually no, I'm just gonna look up the IMDb because I I couldn't even confidently tell you what this movie was about in a s- succinct sentence. Right, what we're we looking for here, 1984. Ah, it's a, uh, it's about a magic wishing stone. Ah yes, Diana must contend with a work colleague and businessman whose desire for extreme wealth sends the world down a path of destruction after an ancient artifact that grants wishes goes missing. Ooh. So let's let's hit out with the one everyone's waiting for. Respect or aspect? Aspect. This is a aspect. big. It's a big fat aspect for me. Um, I hated this movie. I would maybe. I think I would go as far as saying. I hated this movie and I'm simultaneously surprised and not surprised because obviously I saw so much of like the wow this is actually really bad because there was a lot of like this was one of the it was supposed to be coming out ages ago obviously and that was that I feel like that was the one like if you were to put like this and Black Widow next to each other people were more looking forward to Wonder Woman than the, the so like this was the thing people were going on about so much so I think obviously I saw the kind of discourse like Ah, uh, we kind of hate to admit it. Like these are the people that really loved the first one, but we kind of hate to admit it. But this is a really bad movie, and that made me 
when you go like, oh, the actual fans of the first one hate this. Now I want to see it, <laughs> which is a kind of weird <laughs> thing. But then when I went, when I actually watched it, I was surprised by how bad it actually was. Um, so yeah, what would what do you think? Yeah, I feel pretty much the same. I knew I've said this countless <laughs> times, but from the first moment I saw the first trailer, I had a really bad feeling, and and I knew it was going to be not great. And that's what it ended up being. And that's me. I, I really liked the first one. Oh, I did you? See, I, didn't, yeah. I thought you didn't. See, I didn't like the first one. No, I was, yeah, I liked the first one a lot. But then, and, uh, looking back from this one, yeah, like, looking back from this one now, this has me, it's kind of like looking at with rose-tinted glasses at the first movie, where I'm just like, ah, that was actually a really good movie in comparison. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about my I'm going to just hit out with my first and my biggest issue with this movie. Although there's many. Get ready for many rants this episode, I'd imagine. And also spoilers, of course. We're just going to be breaking breaking it down. But I'll try and keep it non-spoilery for like five minutes or so. Eh? Five, ten minutes. And then we'll, we'll say, like, now we're getting into this. So, um, my number one thing, the setting, right? Because... This is just the biggest point. Obviously, many points it fails, but this is the biggest one where it failed in comparison to the first. Because, obviously, the first movie, it wasn't dark, it wasn't dreary, it wasn't, like, all this thing. Because it's a big summer blockbuster and they have to keep kids in mind. But it did hold some kind of, like, some form of reality in it where you were, like, it wasn't, like, some kind of road-centered version of World War One. It was, like, this is kind of shit. No one's happy to be here. You know, it's tearing people apart. Because they've done that really well with the um, the Scottish guy. The sniper. Yeah. You know, they have bits where he's like just breaking down, he's got PTSD and all this kind of stuff, right? So I like those elements because it, it was just like, we're going to plop Wonder Woman in World War One. That's cool, right? This one, well, no, in comparison with like, they they, they just kind of had the 80s setting like a, 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 you know, it's just like backdrop, you know? It was, it was just like a placeholder. It was just full of the placeholder cliches of the 80s big suit jackets, rolled up sleeves, revealing gym wear, big mullets, you know, all that kind of rubbish. But, like, World War One was entirely, like, part of the story of the first movie. Whereas 1984, it's just dressing. Because nothing about his setting felt needed for this story. It doesn't even really, like, use the limitations of that time, like, technology-wise, really, into its plot. You could take this out of 1984, plop it in 2024 or 1954 or something like that you know i don't think it was really doing much with that and i just think it's a, a, a real shame because that is part of the appeal of that this character to me take somebody who can live hundreds of years presumably hundreds of years i don't know is she immortal i don't think so um i'd say so because she's part god she's the doctor yeah, i was gonna Jesus, say so would imagine I imagine she's immortal yeah so all of that, but then, you know, so you can use that as a way to go, here's Diet. Obviously, they've, they've messed it up now in a way by like putting it in World War One. So, obviously, there's only so many places you can do now because you're going forward and whatever. But, like, you know, you can put it in all these different situations and it's all about like how she's going to react in this place. But I think they were so, cons- they tried to flip it from the first one where she isn't the it, it's the fish out of water kind of thing for the first movie and it's not that in this one so they try and reverse the rules because if you've seen any of the trailers 
well, you guessed by our talk of the synopsis, but Steve Rog- Rogers? No, Steve Trevor. Steve Trevor yeah. is back in this movie. And he's the one that's like, what is all this stuff? How oh, it's so different. I don't know how things work. You know? I know. They turned him into a bumbling idiot, which is my <laughs> first kind of big drawback. But, like, but. I, I just... That, that setting thing just it really annoyed me because it was just to be all, like, colourful and it makes it, it like, to make it look like it stands out, but it doesn't... It, nothing about its setting added any substance to... to not, like, literally nothing. Literally nothing. Because yeah. it's, like... The, the, the stuff about satellites or whatever towards the end of the movie easily could have been a... You know, a 2020, 2021 kind of thing. There was nothing about that that was like, oh, man, this is... It wasn't even, like, a crazy... You know, like they're hitting out with a, a a phone that you can call someone across the world. What? You know, isn't that kind of thing? It was just like, yeah, hey, there's this new technology that. Oh, I'm not. That's me going into stuff a bit. But um, yeah, what did what did you think of the setting? Hated it. Hated it from the trailer. I I just uh, it, they had no bearing in the story whatsoever. All they were trying to do is cash in on the Stranger Things '80s nostalgia, and I saw that from a mile away because every third film that had been released over the past five years did the exact same thing. Mm. There was um, there was no reason for it to be set there. I do not think the eighties were that clean and pristine. It was a, <laughs> it was a very clean place. Yeah, uh, wherever they were in Washington in the eighties, it was. Um, yeah, I just I don't like some of the stuff. Granted, that it's 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 more specific things I don't like. That, like I just said, they turned Steve into a kind of bumbling idiot. Mm. I don't like that uh, and. <laughs> not to get on that road but every kind of guy was just sort of an idiot and, and <laughs> like a stupid character and I just it uh, just annoyed me because it wasn't it wasn't for the sake of anything other than just to be idiotic I I hated and I, I'm going to this I'm sure at length later and this again this is specifics I hated the the dress montage where Steve was trying on new clothes absolutely despised every single second of that because it was <laughs> every tired 80s cliche in the space of you know four minutes that has been in every single film set in the 1980s since the 1980s and we're like guys we don't need this we get it you're trying to you know try to say well, look at us clothes this were weird funny. <laughs> yeah hi hi <sighs> no i just i i i on a whole the film was not to my liking and it's just as it's it's the the specifics that i was picking out that i didn't like that just i don't like how the film started twice and this is kind of spoilery but not kind of spoilery because you haven't seen like the pre-title sequence pretty much yeah aye but with no titles would have made more sense if they put a credit sequence in but to just go from cold open to cold open i didn't like that um, I don't know. Do you want to talk about other stuff, or do I just start going into specifics? Do you have anything I, else in your mind? I'm just gonna how quickly with like a general of the story. I felt like it was a little right. in comparison to the last one. It it didn't have the same direction that the the other one had. You know, she arrives at World War One setting, and she goes, "I'm going to the center of the chaos because I'm looking for Hades," and. You know, then you have this kind of the, the the kind of part of like why the other guys are coming with her is because there's this new uh, gas 
that's killed. So, like, they need to stop something that's making a gla- gas that will win the war for the Germans. There you go. Two very simple things that just, that's where you know it's going. This, I don't think, especially when you come to um, Max something, was it? What Max was his Max name? Max Lord. Yeah. Max Lord. I never quite understood what his actual angle was. Well, we could possibly, we'll, we'll talk about that some more as well, but, like, I never, I didn't I instantly get going, like, what, what is his thing? I think the other villains concerning Cheetah or Deborah, uh, also, that wasn't as concrete. It, it needed more. It felt a really shallow. And I think that's the thing with a lot of this is it just felt like very shallow story reasons that made up a two and a half hour movie as well, or nearly two and a half hour movie, which is insane to think that, you know, usually when I see two and a half hours, I get excited because I like a long movie. I like it when you know, like if it's a film you're looking forward to or something like that, that's more movie for me to watch. But this felt like two and a half hours of really, like, nothing. I don't think I could easily chop a, an hour off this movie. Oh, yeah. If you are to streamline everything that was happening. And it probably would have been a better experience for that. But I just, I never, it didn't utilise its time properly to develop the, the, the villains or Diana in a meaningful way. Because everything still feels glossed over in so many ways just because it's so consumed by being like, look over here, look at that, oh, now we're in this place of the world, and now we're going to do this, and the action scenes were, were rubbish and all this kind of stuff, but I'm going to, I don't want to be too generous for the rest of it, we're going into, we'll go into spoilers now, eh? Yeah, yeah. Right, so spoiler warning, this will be us now, you've had your chance to watch, it's been out a couple of weeks now, but if not, just come, you know, put a wee mark on this, this moment in the podcast, come back to it. Um. Right, so I'm gonna right. I'm gonna start with Deborah or Cheetah, right? Because oh, I hated it. Right, I don't think I don't think uh, um, Kirsten Wig is made, is right for this. Is it Kristen or Kirsten? Kristen. Kristen. Sorry. So I don't think she's right for this. I didn't get the whole Apex Predator angle. Uh and it, it no, it's the fact that she bases her entire Apex Predator thing and the whole cheetah thing and the fact that diana was wearing some cheetah print heels at the beginning of the movie what (laughs) what but right and i get i get so sick of this whole uh i'm so awkward but nobody wants me and i'm just but basically you're just an attractive actor wearing a pair of specs i think we spoke about this a couple weeks ago but like i kind of thought we would have been past it by this point and it feels very dated uh, I never believed her in this role and I also found it really cringy when she got like her new digs you know when she was like I think it's the White House I can't quite remember but she's wearing like a, you know she's supposed to be this art she goes from like the geeky girl you know that no one pays attention to to then suddenly she's like kind of the hot one of the office and all the guys are like oh let me get that for you and all this like just fawning over her and then all of a sudden she just turns up like a middle aged woman having a midlife crisis you know with the cheetah print skirt and the, the, the ripped tights and all this and the hair and I just hated it all. I was like, <laughs> this, obviously, not everything look, needs to look cool, but I, the the way that they were playing those scenes out felt like it was supposed to be cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just, it just, I just didn't, I just didn't like anything to do with her character, to be honest. No, <sighs> I think it's, it's a shame because I think she's a really good actress. Um, and I, I just the only thing I can do with that is just 
kind of highlight or you know back up what you said because I as soon as you saw her with the glasses I'm like oh she's a nerd and then oh she opened her briefcase and the contents fell on the floor but nobody <laughs> helped her I'm like hi cool haven't seen that nine million times that doesn't happen uh, every you know teen soap drama on the Disney channel <laughs> so I just thought it was yeah it was it was cliche written but in a bad way I think they were trying to maybe make fun of the cliches but they did it in such a poor way where it just seemed as if they didn't really know what they were doing yeah yeah like see see if it was I think that could have been the intent actually that you mention it because it, it is full of all of the <clears throat> all of the popular kind of cliches but but it never conveys it in a sense of like to be in a sense of irony or uh, parody or anything like that yeah you know, whereas like something like WandaVision currently is doing that as like a parody of like, you know, it's going through the decades of different TV shows and stuff and parodying that. This it doesn't really do it. I don't know if it's really the place for it either, but that kind of feels like the the pitch you would give it at the start. You're like, this is going to be a satire, the, the 1980s, never thought about that, but then it just, that starts to fade and fade and fade till you get to the point of like what the movie actually is. Um, I'm just realising as well, maybe there's people listening that don't really care about the story, as in like the spoilers and are just listening anyway, so uh, do you want to attempt to try and have a brief run through of what actually happens in the movie? What happens in the movie? Aye, let's go for it. Go for well, it Well, I'll start us off, Diana's working at the Smithsonian and Kristen Wiggs, you know, the <laughs> the the nerd scientist, uh-huh. I, I, I can't remember their official titles, um, Gal Gadot spews off something a bit, you know she's into ancient artifacts and all this shit um, mm. but it pretty much means Max Lord finds a magical wishing stone and turn, wishes himself to be the wishing stone after Diana has wished for Steve to come back and um, Kristen Wiig has wished to become more powerful and popular like Diana so it's just like a snowball effect from all of that uh, Max Lord grants everybody's wishes um, I don't know I say I don't know I don't think they could have tried to insert any more Trumpisms into Max Lord if they tried um, I oh, think yeah, yeah, it yeah, was it's a very like reality TV type yeah it was I mean and it's fine I get that but at this point you know by the time this film was shot and released it had been done to death it has been done to death and it's just not as impactful so oh that guy you know he's got orange floppy hair fake tan wears a lot of gold and he's a TV personality I'm like mm-hmm. I've seen it I've seen it every every week on Saturday Night Live. I've seen it every comedy panel show. I've seen every time anybody opens Twitter, they've made this joke about Donald Trump. Mm. So can we not have it in a $250 million, you know, yeah. Warner Brothers DC movie, please? It's just such a simple attack. And I'm not a Donald Trump fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I've just oh, yeah, seen I, these I, jokes it, before. It's so tired now. I, I, like, I, was, I think I said it a couple of weeks ago where it was like, like Donald Trump jokes are now like fart jokes to me. Yeah, it's like it's so cheap. It's not funny anymore. And you know, like I, it's like I always see people online being like, "Oh, the big baboon or whatever," and I'm just like, "Yeah, man." Yeah, like that's the thing. I'm just we've just been hearing it for so long that it's like, I'm cool for rip 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 into all you want, but find a new, you know, it's like get some new partner, mate. That's what it is. Aye. So aye. like, aye, this this kind of stuff. 
I get I with that with that kind of thing. The thing the the other kind of story thread that you missed out there was just that so Diane from her I think without really meaning to inadvertently she wishes that Steve is back. Yeah. Without really realising and then all of a sudden Steve is back in the movie. But not really, because he's actually in the body of another man. Yeah. Who to everyone else appears as this one guy, but she Steve, she always sees as Steve. And I was this weirdly like it's probably my favorite part of the movie just for the saying so like Chris Pine is so charismatic I think and I think although like you're saying with the bumbling idiot kind of stuff I just I just enjoy watching him and I don't know that like out of all of the kind of performances of the characters he was the one I, I like to see the most but then the thing I really struggled with was the fact that Diane, like, Diana was like, you know, if everyone gets what they want, why shouldn't I? You know, she wants him to stay. But, of course, he's actually in, he, controlling another person's body who's been robbed of a life, right? And I just felt like it was so unlike her, who's supposed to be, like, this goddess of good, you know, to suddenly be like, I don't give a shit if this wee guy is dying. I don't know, I've had 40 years to get over this man's death. I, so, yeah. I, still, want, I still want him to take over his body. I find that really weird, just because... It didn't, it didn't, it just didn't seem like her. See, yeah, the thing I didn't like about it was 70 years as well, it was First World War. So, the thing oh, I don't, shit, I don't it was. <laughs> get about that is she's been pining over this guy that she met 70 years ago and uh-huh. she must have known him for maybe a week in the timeline of the. Of <laughs> Mate, when you know, when, when you know, you know. And it's the first guy she ever met. And then, <laughs> I mean. I, I don't know how emotionally stable Diana is to be pining for 70 years over a guy she knew for a week, but I thought she would have been a bit struggling that, because that's just telling me that, uh, oh no, oh no, she can't be Wonder Woman without a man. You, you yeah, like it's kind Independence? Of, I, no thank you. And I think as well, the even kind of, weirdly like going from films that have come before this, so like it tries to end on a more hopeful note when she actually sees the guy that he was in the control of. So it was kind of like you know what I'll try and I'll I kind of took for that as like her trying to move on, right? But then Justice League, which is set forty years after this movie, yeah, she is kind of played as that ah oh, sad little you know she's just she does a wee art project she's committed to her work and then she has this weird kind of flirting thing with batman which i wasn't yeah. keen on but like i it, it just kind of goes against what the the message at the end of that was but what i want to talk about with her her and uh what's his name steve is what is potentially the biggest missed opportunity of the entire movie actually there's two best, big missed opportunities in the movie um so the first one being with this, when eventually, so everything, every wish that you take has a cost. So she wishes that Steve's away, it starts to drain her powers. And that is basically like the whole thing. She's like, she can keep him, but she can't beat Cheetah and Max Lord without getting rid of him. And eventually when she does, it was the closest moment. It was the closest to an emotional moment you could have had in the entire movie. It was, it was like there. You know, that way I was kind of like getting, oh man, that's kind of sad. But I was like, that could have really, that bit could have really hit, right? Because it's almost like it done all the right things, but just didn't do it in the right way. Because it felt, for one, a little rushed. Because I don't think it was like, 
quite so much. Like I felt like there was going to take a wee bit more time to be like, right, and actually, you know what? I can't do this without getting rid of you. You know, because she'd just been beaten by her. She's walking through, everything's chaos, and then she goes, you know, I love you and all this kind of stuff. She says, I'll never love again. And then she runs off, and then, you know, she's running, she's crying, she's getting her powers back. You see her wounds starting to heal. And I was thinking, that could have been the big tearjerker of 2020 or 2021. You know, that could have been really, really emotionally emotionally powerful. And But it just felt too rushed. It just didn't feel like they quite got the audience on board. Like, we're at that stage now. Because for one minute, you know, Steve's fighting alongside, he's punching and all this kind of stuff, and it's all fine. But then she gets beat. You need a wee bit of time in the low point before you go, right, we need to push through. We need to persevere with this with this element. And it was, it was such a shame because I feel like if they captured that moment, I would have rated this movie so much higher. Like, honestly, like that could have almost saved it for me in a, in a lot of ways if there's this one very emotional, uh, like impactful moment. Because as much as I didn't like the first movie, the No Man's Land scene was that for a lot of people because yeah. that is that is a really good scene you know when she's when she goes out and she's got the shield she's defying everything everyone's going to say and she's going to make it across that was really really cool and that was what this movie was missing it needed a moment like that and that steve moment was supposed to be that it just didn't it just missed the mark with that what did you think of that scene yeah i was i was pretty bold by the time it got to that point so i don't think there was anything saving me well, <laughs> saving it for me, I just—I mean, as much as I enjoy uh, Gal Gadot's performances, and uh, I enjoy her as a person, or as I enjoy her charisma and all of the stuff that comes along with it, um, to trying to spin this in as positive a light as possible, because I'm trying to get into the habit of seeing the good in all things, or phrasing things <laughs> in a more positive way. She's not super great. At dramatic delivery mm. and had you a better actor in the role uh-huh. maybe it would have been more impactful because Chris Pines you know he's charismatic but he's he's not a great actor by any stretch of the imagination either he's he's passable you know he's good enough to to put in some solid roles when he needs to but on the on the grand scale of things but when you have someone like Chris Pine who's you know a good actor but not a great actor mm. but he's so head and shoulders above your leading lady it, it, mm. there's a, a shift in the dynamic and it just doesn't click for me because yeah, I just don't think there were, I can't even remember the lines anymore but it just seemed so like forced and it's the way she was saying the words is as if she was trying to convince us to, say, uh-huh. to be like this is why I am sad rather than just letting it happen naturally and I just—I don't know if it's because I don't know—I don't even know if English is a second language. I think it might be, but you always get that kind of that—that's a bridge you need to cross, and and very few people can do it. Being, you know, tremendous in their craft in a second language, if it's if it's a lot of it's, yeah, it's verbal. a very difficult thing to do. Uh. So I don't know if that's it, but I just—I don't think she's she's great in the action scenes. You know, I think she's she's believable in in a bunch of the you know physically being Wonder Woman but emotionally I just are, are dramatically I don't think she has what it takes mm. yet which is why and I know this is about a, a, a sidestep which is why I have concerns about her in the role of Cleopatra um, oh yeah yeah I forgot so, about that actually I don't know um, I, I, but 
because I was just I was done by that point. There was so many, so much filler, so many stupid, unnecessary things just dropped into the the story and dropped into the scenes that I didn't care. I I was like, ah, it's what she's she's losing her pills. All right, cool, but the uh, gosh yesterday's say goodbye to Steve, which didn't seem like that big of a uh um a sacrifice to, you know, to me, sitting watching this film, I was like, well, it's not Steve anyway, it's some random guy that you've just, you know, stolen his existence from and sexually assaulted. Surely, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, let him go, let the guy have his have his life back. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was trying to get at, where it was like, she was just willing to take a guy's life. Plus, it was like, I was kind of surprised they never had, like, the moment when they bump into somebody or someone turns up yeah. at his flat, you know, that goes, oh, you know, oh, buddy, what, how are you doing? But, um, yeah. Um, I kind of just rambled it, there. But yeah, no, no, I know. That, that, <laughs> I, I didn't have any emotional connection whatsoever to that scene because I was still thinking, I was still dwelling on many of the, the, the story kind of, uh, many of the story points. I don't even know what, what they are that they've dropped in. Like, how did Steve know how to fly that jet? Mate, transferable knowledge. Mate, no. The planes he was flying <laughs> has all... a, a gear stick and a key or something. There's no way he knows. <laughs> oh, fuel on. Lights on. Let's go. Engine, that's there. I mean, it, they had two two switches that he turned on that didn't do anything. There's 10,000 switches in that cockpit and all of a sudden he knows, yep, boom, 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 boom. there we go. Also, he was mesmerised by escalators and subways which were in full operation by the time you know he was in his adult life so he's he's seen all these things before subways and and, and, and escalators were like 18 in the 1880s or 1890s so he's in a good 15 year to witness these things you know that's just weird things like that that annoy me well see one of the so like to kind of go into like the action stuff um, one of the worst bits of the entire movie is the opening of this film. Yeah. Which is so weird. It just, it doesn't go with even the rest of this movie. Because it's a very campy action superhero kind of thing. Like, we got a bunch of guys, like I was saying, with the, the quiffs and the rolled up sleeves and stuff, and they're going to rob a jewellery store. And then next thing, like this guy, he's trying to run away. He doesn't see any other option than to try and hold a kid hostage because, you know, that's... That's going to get you out of that. And then she comes across in a very floaty action kind of thing. She's tipping guys upside down. Coins are falling out their... Or jewels are falling out their pocket, whatever it was. She's having a wee wink at this kid. She has to save the kid, hits her side. She slides into a nice cuddly teddy bear. And it's all done with this kind of wink and a nod that I just don't think is present. Even in the rest of this, that movie itself, it felt... It almost felt like the executives were like, you need something a bit more... Yeah. a wee bit more punchier to put in the beginning of this movie and then like way after the fact then they filmed this scene that feels like an old school superhero movie like back when superhero movies were like ah oh, you're going to see that wee superhero film kid that's nice you know like it, it's not the big mega franchised kind of thing that it is now it it didn't feel like it was being treated seriously no and 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 the thing with the fighting as well because I've liked some of the fighting in the first movie was pretty good, even the fighting some of our fighting in say like Justice League or or Batman vs Superman, I I kind of liked the style of it. 
And I actually really like the style that they do for the Amazonians. You know, it's very over-exaggerated and very stupid. You know, they're doing flips, but they're firing three arrows backwards and all this stuff. I really like that. I think that's pretty cool. But some of the bits in this, particularly this scene in a later car chase sequence, felt so weird and floaty in a kind of way that just didn't work. You know, like, I think it can be used to good effect. I love wire working things like Hellboy. You know, because it's very stupid. It's like, punch a man, he'll fly through six objects before he falls to the ground. I love yeah. that stuff. But this has just felt, it, it, it was just like, they had different members of crew doing things at different times and there was a kind of inconsistency with like, how Diana runs, how she jumps, how she swings, what kind of powers has she got? You know, all this kind of stuff. Like, that, that, uh, you know, they've even done, I think it was just this, like, I didn't like it, but there was the bank robbery at the beginning, or the bank, like, they're trying to blow up the bank at the beginning of Justice League. And she I does this weird remember. kind of, like, she's deflecting the, the oh, bullets yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But then, she doesn't really, it, it, it just feels like, all of a sudden, it's like, ah, oh, she's all fun and games for her now. Yeah. Like, beating up these guys who are nearly killed the child, or are actually, like, you know, what was the guy doing? He held a child over a balcony. I... <laughs> What? I'm telling you, that's every single guy is a bumbling idiot. But I'm what I, what my my biggest gripe with that is is Diana and the whole opening with her running about. Is she just randomly running around looking for people to save? Like, what are the logistics of her operation? Because she saves that woman from the bridge who's getting married, and then she kicks the driver away from the woman who's power walking or something the car that's not going to run her over oh yeah and she's just uh-huh. darting about saving random people and uh, <laughs> ah, the, I just didn't <laughs> get we're in America right the homeland mm. of guns and this entire mall is terrified because this guy drops a six shooter he drops a handgun and he's like oh my god gun and then Everybody, as if they've never seen one before in their entire life, just starts panicking and running. I just don't <laughs> believe for a second that's what would happen. It would be like, oh, mate, you dropped your gun. That's probably what would happen in an American mall. And they'd be like, oh, thanks. <laughs> I just, I, uh, I felt like that was... And I, I didn't like... Like, I feel as if somebody needs to tell the people who wrote this script, like, that's not how security cameras work. See, if you break a security camera with, like, a headband boomerang thing, the footage is still going to be there. Like, the tape isn't inside the camera. <laughs> that still exists on hard drives or, like, physical videotapes in the 80s in a bank in some security room. Yeah. I mean, th- I just felt like that was a, st- a stupid scene to add in. Oh, I'm going to break that camera. They've already seen uh-huh. you. They've already got your image. But <laughs> I, I, hated, I hated that whole, whole opening scene because it just it felt very unnatural in the way everybody moved in the way everybody uh-huh exactly I just, uh-huh. I just not even not even the fight scenes just the way guys were interacting with each other and mm. that whole eye winking with the wee girl and that, it almost uh, felt uh, like a music video uh, like the way that everything was exaggerated and that's like it's meant to be hyper stylized but like when you've got another two hour of movie yeah. the other side of it there's nothing like it but then to, to say about another action scene you had the, the car chase in uh, uh, Egypt I think it was yeah I, I hated that bit so did I I hated it so much because it you know for one bit there's some bits with her running that looks, looks very awful. very Aye. weird Aye. like what she's doing and what 
the speed she's moving, it doesn't match. I know she's supposed to be super powered, right? So obviously, like, take it with a grain of salt. But at the same time, it just didn't look natural. And I never, I don't remember ever having any kind of issue with it at any point before. In any time she showed up in the the DCEU, but then all of a sudden it just looks really weird. I mean, you had that bit with the two rubber kids. Oh. She swings in and saves. <laughs> see, see, as soon as as soon as I saw that. I knew what we were getting into. I was like, guarantee there's going to be a truck flip. See, as soon as I saw that line of cars, I was like, here we go. Standard truck flip that has been in every single car uh-huh. chase since the Dark Knight. When are we going to see uh- it? <laughs> Lo and behold. Um, so before, like, but also the last thing about the action stuff, when you had the final fight between her and Deborah or Cheetah, when she's a fully, like, she's a Cheetah now. She's yeah. got Kale and everything. I hated that there just suddenly was like a dark, like just shot at night. They're the and they're just flipping and and swinging all around this thing, and it just I don't know. They kind of done the same thing in the last one. I think that's an issue that a lot of superhero, well, these kind of superheroes have, where it's just like kind of generic. Did they have a beam shooting in the sky, or did they avoid that this time? It didn't go up in the sky, but it's like he he had a beam inside the thing. So like they kind of they mixed up the formula a wee bit. But um, yeah, I didn't I didn't really I don't find that fun to look at. No. And I I wonder if it was I know a lot of people were saying about maybe limitations in the budget for for you know doing that character convincingly. It also didn't look like Kristen Kristen Wiig at all. I don't no. think. Um. That that annoyed me as well because. Not that that particular, but when Diana shows up with a gold suit, feel as if she should have the gold suit on when she lost her powers, sort of thing. Because how be, being being a fully powered Wonder Woman, I mean that should have been enough to beat Cheetah. I don't understand why she needed that full gold armor at that particular point in the movie after she regained her full strength. Because it was a, a plot thread that had to be addressed. <laughs> Yeah, there was literally no need for that gold armor whatsoever, other than to make it look cool on the posters. I forgot it also it did actually start twice because there was the beginning yeah. with the it was actually the 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 little tournament to start. Yeah. I forgot about that with with uh, Kelly's own. I know. I, I could I couldn't know. believe that. How'd you manage that? You... I've got no but, idea. But that, that annoyed me. That whole uh, Ninja Warrior thing annoyed me as well because the visual effects were terrible in that. They were very, you know, Final Fight and Black Panther-esque. Everybody just floated and and moved perfectly to where they went to, where they were supposed to See, go. See, that's... I don't, like, I don't have a, so much of an issue with those bits because that's what I'm mm. saying. Like, the, the, the Amazonian stuff is really stupid because, like, if you think of the Steppenwolf fight in Justice League yeah. when they're trying to prevent them from getting the, the cube, I actually really like that, but... Of that movie, ah, um, just I just thought it was, I just it needs for me like visual effects to be convincing need to be based in reality and and things don't just you know float. See if you could see some form of you know I don't know weight behind them in the way they move and not just clear clearly on wires or clearly like a a digital character just floating through air. Um, I just don't like it. I just think it's too jarring and it's too it pulls you away too much. Also, biggest issue I had with that, and I don't know if it was addressed, was when how the fuck did they know that wee lassie was the blue smoke? Because as soon as as soon as she shot an arrow through the first golden ring and then the blue smoke went up, 
they all started cheering and then like the main Robin Wright started smiling and all that as if they knew I, I, I assumed it was smoke. like they were all the colours were assigned to different people see I but I, I, I thought that's what I thought it must have been but it was never addressed and I just thought nah I think I think it was that I think it was just because like, I, I was saying I was like not only did they have to ride on horseback and shoot through a tiny hole they also have to hit the correct little panel within that tiny hole as well mm. um, but it just seems so I think, random I that's what that was. because none of none of the bows were coloured nah but it was like the little <laughs> it's like a little dispenser within the pad that they hit that's what it was hmm I mean, maybe I just I, that's I, what I, 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 I never that really had. I had no confusion about that, but no, that, <laughs> but, um, that did. I just, I, I just, I feel as if it would have been nice to be addressed. Um, so I want to quickly talk about Pedro Pascal before I like talk of the kind of general, like the the, the kind of rounding up stuff. Uh, I actually did kind of like his performance. Uh, I, I, like I was saying, I, I didn't really get his mission because his whole thing is to. To grant wishes to then become the most powerful what like guy in the world <laughs> yeah. or something i don't know because then like he gets by the end he has this thing where he basically gets everyone to wish therefore everyone owes him something in return i believe mm-hmm. so like he can take whatever he wants from that so then suddenly he's got millions of people that was what i was going to say i completely forgot about it you telling me for one second the divided world that we live in that everyone would go, I renounce my wish for the good of the world. Aye. Not a chance. When? Not a chance that would happen. But before <laughs> I I just, it was such a missed opportunity with his kind of plot thread because it's like, you're telling me everyone can have the wishes. Everyone can, you know, whatever they want, he will grant it. And in the entire world, the weirdest things that happen are you get a guy with some cows in the middle of a, of a city, a wall that comes out, of, you know, that grows in to create a border, and a woman turns into a cheetah. They're the three weirdest things that we've seen happen. Uh, they could That could have, like, like I was saying with Godzilla vs. Kong, it can get weird. It knows what it is. It's going to put two giant monsters in a neon city because that looks cool as shit, right? Did lean into that. Go crazy. Like, with just, like, people are just imagining stupid things, you know? Like, things just go absolutely mental, and, like, I just felt like it was all a really tame, and it could have just had this really, almost, like, balls-to-the-wall action scene, kind of like how, you know, you take something like Kingsman, when it does the big fight in the church, it just all of a sudden goes, we're gonna have a mental fight, <laughs> everyone's stabbing and shooting each other, it's gonna be crazy, you're gonna love it, you know, and then they have, like, the colourful head explosions. You need something like that in this, where it's just, they could have had a, a like, say... It's just a sequence where they have to fight through the city, but it's actually through just like crazy stuffs happening everywhere. Giant things, explosion, people get superpowers. You know, like no one's saying that they, they no one's turning it like wishing for superpowers in this place other than her. Who wants to be a cheetah? Let me remind you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. of a pair of high heels. But like, yeah, I didn't get his end goal really. Um, and. It, it was a shame because I was like, when he had his whole final thing with his little kid, I was kind of like, you're, I know you get the performance here for this. I know you're showing all the emotions and stuff, but it's just from what I've been through with the story, I'm not emotionally connecting to you no. and this whole thing with, you, with, with your son. Like, I understand what you're going for, but like, I just don't, I'm not emotionally connecting. And that was the same for a lot of it. 
I got why Diana would be upset, but I didn't feel upset by it. Yeah. I kind of could get maybe why Deborah would, you know, if she's being ignored, why she would want to, you know, become an apex predator, right? But I just didn't get behind that story because... All she, all she really needed, all she needed was a wee bit of confidence. That's all she needed to wish for. Yeah. See <laughs> me being a stickler for logistics in these movies. <laughs> right. right. There's a few things that don't add up to me. I don't know if they were addressed again because I was quite bored watching this film. First of all, I was under the impression that uh, Max Lord had to physically hear you say I wish which means I don't understand how everybody in the planet's wish came true. Second of all I thought you could only get one wish because he asks the guy don't you wish I had a meeting with the president but he asked for a Porsche yesterday which means Cheetah could only ask for her one wish would have been to get more confident and I more think, powerful. I think one of his, because he had a lot of wishes by that point, I assumed that he gave it to her as a gift like he put one of his takes onto her because she already did have her first wish. Potentially. But I, I, think, I thought yeah. I thought the lead up in the conversation was it was implied that just 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 the way his character was that you wish for that again. There wasn't there was nothing I d I didn't see anything in his character that would that would be able to say, I give you this sort of thing. Because it was all very kind of self self-absorbed and self-obsessed but yeah. yeah but the, no the big thing to me was I, i'll kind of let those two go if you can say right he gifted it to her but there's no way he held that irish guy say i wish you would drop dead in the in the cafe in england you know what i mean no that it, it's not so like the way i saw that stuff was because like that stupid very weak science explanation of like it's things through the air so they're technically all through the air so you're technically touching so he never had to hear them say it. all they needed to say that while they were touching him you know so like if he's technically all through the air somehow by doing this mad broadcast then they're saying I wish that's all it took he didn't need to hear them he just because that's when he was saying in the monitor he's like tell me say just all you that need to do is say I wish is blah 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 paper thin that I know, I is know. <laughs> awful writing. I'd rather have it not explained than rather than have it explained to me like that. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the thing because it's like it's just a magical, you know, it's just it's just magic. So like, it doesn't need. But that was like it was the end. They were like, "So are you telling me it's touching everyone?" And I was like, "Well, uh, yeah, yeah, I suppose or whatever." And then it, and then it's just like going crazy for it. He wants it and all this kind of stuff, but. Yes. No. Um, and I yeah. The, right, only the, go. Uh, I have to add this in because it was the most I have ever cringed at a film <laughs> that I can ever remember, and it is Diana's monologue to the world. Oh yeah. I'm not even going to try and paraphrase it because I'll start cringing, but the delivery, the wording, the the blocking, the setup, the the direct to camera we can do better all of us we can all do better i was like get the fuck away from me please (laughs) (laughs) like that that's just the thing that i was um 
that I found weird about it because I was saying like they wanted to go for this very positive ending, but I just I just don't believe in this world they've established just in this film and others that that's people would they'd be like you know all right because if if Diane who's meant to, Diana who's supposed to be super super nice is sitting there going right you know what I think I would like to you know, I don't care about this guy, I want to keep you here. If she's thinking that at some point, and she's supposed to be this moral compass, then there's going to be so many people in the world like, I don't care what the cost is, I don't care who is getting hurt by this, I want what I wish for. Exactly. So Most people would be saying, who the fuck's that? Who's that in the telly? (laughs) (laughs) Turn turn that off. (laughs) Who's sitting watching it? I've just wished for a hundred billion pound like, who is that? Get her off my telly. Uh, uh, you my know what? Just listen to her. Give up my fortune. Aye. Um, but then, did did by him renouncing his wish, did that then neglect that like counter every other wish? Don't know. We've got a film uh, that's I'll written as good thought. as this. You don't need an answer. <laughs> so let's round it up. Uh, Hang on, Dave. Anything else? That was. That was uh I I I do I do have things right. that annoyed me. Right? right. On the trip to Cairo, they have to steal a jet because Steve doesn't have a passport. That guy probably does have a passport. I said <laughs> I literally said that. Well, they're playing this guy, he has a passport. Aye. Presumably. Right. She's already losing her powers by this point, right? On the trip to Cairo. How does she have the ability to turn a full plane invisible for the first time ever if she's already started losing her powers. That was another thing oh. I didn't like. Another thing True. is, in this plane journey, right, and this this really annoyed me, because they could have played this up at any point whatsoever. In this plane journey, it is the first time we have any mention of America's biggest holiday, the 4th of July. No banners, <laughs> no posters, no mention whatsoever until the night of the 4th with fireworks. <laughs> uh, it seems like they needed an excuse just to have a firework display so they could have uh, a cool scene going through <laughs> the clouds. That's, um... Hang on. The, Aye, the other... She can fly now, question mark. That was in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was something... I Because I, they never convincingly were like, Oh yeah, man, she can fly. It was, I was like, I, I said, I was like, she's she isn't flying. She's falling with style, <laughs> very t- Toy Story esque. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I feel like I had questions to her abilities after this. You know what really, really pissed me off though, like in terms of what we saw in the trailers and what happened in the movie, is when she is using the lasso to swing off the the forks of lightning. Yeah, you gotta tell me that. You have the daughter of Zeus. You're going to have her swinging off a lightning. And you're not even going to play into the fact that that could have been Zeus helping her. You know? I oh, thought maybe true, they'd be right? like, you know what? You know what? We, Diana, I've been an absent father, but, you know, here's what you need to learn. People die or whatever because you are immortal or you live for hundreds of years. People, like, even if Steve didn't die before, you know, before he'd be dead by now. So you need to learn to move on, Oscar. So I, I'm just, you know, I'm just coming up with it. Just involve them somehow. That would have been cool. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Like, you have such cool characters. You've got such cool settings. You can do whatever you want. You get a guy who literally can 
make any wish come true and you have such a tame experience. I know. It's so, they should it's have so... had Liam Neeson reprise his role as Zeus from oh, Class of the Titans and he should have said to the love of the line, you're the daughter of Zeus and then disappear in a big massive bolt of lightning. <laughs> that, would, that, would, that would have turned the film around a bit for me. See if Liam Neeson turned up as Zeus and I'm like, what? This is in the same universe as Clash of the Titans? Sold. Yeah. Like, that's... The, I just think... So many of these DC films just have such a lack of confidence in their tone. And it's kind of like they meddle slightly in all of them, but never convincingly go for it. You know, it like, see if it wanted to be a campy 80s action movie, lean into that and I'll probably be cool with it. Yeah. But if, when you're just having wee bits of like that, and it's really just in the style and the, you know, the set dressing... I'm not going to be into it in that in that regard, and then like to have such a magical premise, you know, something that's steeped in so much myth and all this kind of stuff, and then just not play into because that's some some of the stuff I kind of liked about the last one. It's just the fact that it's like what you're talking about. It's yeah. like Hades. It's World War One, and it's like nah, it is actually Hades. It's causing World War One. Like that's cool. Yeah, that's that's cool. Like do, do stuff like that, even if it is David Thewlis. <laughs> I don't believe he, <laughs> he's turned into a ten foot giant to no. fight, but you know, th- those were the those were the kind of the, the issues I had with it, and I just I don't I don't really understand where or how it went wrong or it ended up in this kind of direction because apparently Patty Jenkins did have a lot of creative freedom in this movie, and it seems odd to me that she made a better movie before when it wasn't so much this, but I also don't. This feels like too many ideas thrown into yeah. the one pot. Yeah, I uh, it really does. I think this is the first time. I think didn't Zack Snyder write the first one as well, or help write it? I think he was one of the co-writers. I think he had some a major piece of Not involvement. Sure. But I don't know. I'll just talk about more stuff I didn't like. I don't think <laughs> we needed like five close-ups of Kristen Wiig's feet in the first twenty minutes. Don't give it. Get that. I, never, I never noticed that. No, nah, we did. So like, she could, so she could show off her sick new kicks, new balance trainers. True. They look comfy. Also, um, and uh, in the opening scene in the mall, the second opening scene. Sorry, see when she dropped those guys onto that car, they would have been dead. She dropped <laughs> all four of them from a great height onto a car which got obliterated. There's no way those guys survived. That's straight up murder. It's supposed to be a superhero, Diana. Um, I noticed that she also didn't really do a good wrist clash no. this one. There was a wee weak one at one point, but that was about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it does it is such a, a disappointment. It does continue the trend of like, where is DC going? What does it want to do? It needs it needs a Kevin Feige on board. Oh, definitely. Somebody, it needs somebody to say, look, mate, these are the kinds of films we're making now, and they're. I don't need them all to tie into each other because this doesn't tie into really any of the other Justice League stuff. It's just its own thing. That's cool. Make the Wonder Woman... You can add in a wee reference here or there if you want, but you have your Wonder Woman trilogy. You get your Batman stuff. You get your Superman stuff. Keep them separate. Put them together at points you want, but I want them to have a kind of direction where you just know... You know, I want to... I don't know what a DC film is, you know? I know what a Marvel film is and as much as we moan... Like, we'll moan about them and then we love them and then we moan about them again and all this kind of stuff, but... You know, when I think of DC, I'm like, I don't know what to think or what kind of opinion I have. It's just kind of muddled because there's stuff I really like, there's stuff I hate, and there's stuff in the middle. And I just, 
this kind of continues that trend and it just, you know, see even if they're giving her new powers. Can you maybe slightly tell me why she's all of a sudden found out this new power? Just been like, oh, by the way, I've been working on this thing. The plane's invisible. Yeah. Also, does she have... Did that come back into it? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> I can't I can't quite remember. Maybe maybe at some point I'd imagine it must have, but I can't remember right oh, now. Oh sure she seems to have um, lost the ability to fly between now and uh, between then and Batman versus Superman. Cause yeah. she couldn't do that then. No, no, she couldn't do that. Well, she kinda like floats a wee bit. Does she not? I don't think so. She kinda floats in, in the first one. The first Wonder Woman. Does she? But yeah, this is a this is a bit of a tonally inconsistent mess of a film. Um, it never fully commits to any of its ideas. It's got some, you know, it's got the talent behind it for a lot of these roles, but then again, the writing's just not there to make the characters' stories or emotional arcs convincing enough for me. The action was, again, inconsistent in its quality. I don't think there was ever really a scene that I was like, "Wow, man, that was cool." But all of them were different shades of bad, somehow. Yeah. Um, I do like uh, Chris Pine punching a guy. He's good at that. <laughs> He's good at punch, doing a fake punch of a guy. Um, but yeah, weird, weirdly just just missed the mark entirely, this movie. Um, and I, I just don't, I just don't really see how that's, how that's happened. Um, but of course, there's going to be people that defend this movie. There's going to be ones that are like, oh, it's actually amazing yeah. or whatever. But Do you know something? Mm. I think this film would have been more enjoyable had I seen it in the cinema. Because it always adds... Watching, watching something in the cinema always adds like a few points to it. Oh man, like sometimes the music can just get to you a yeah. wee bit more. A, a, an explosion hits you a bit harder, yeah. all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, that is a yeah. But Hans, a Hans Zimmel's score was very lazy in this film, I thought. I don't even remember it. No, it was, I felt as if it was too over the top at points um, the, there was one moment where they brought her theme back into it and yeah. I was I remember I turned to me and I was like oh remember that cause that's a pretty good bit of music yeah it was in the, the car chase in the Cairo but I just don't think it fit the scene I think that's yeah. that's something that you you, de- you you play to introduce the character like she did in Batman vs Superman because that's when that plays and it's cool but it's not something that has the sort of the longevity to play it through an entire fight scene and still be cool because it's just basically the one guitar riff sort of thing or, or the one sequence yeah. over and over and over and over again the time we've heard it for the 16th time we're like wish something else would happen here because it's just <laughs> getting repetitive but that's just me where would you like to this uh this if there was to be a third movie, where would you like it to go? Apparently, I think they are working on a third movie already. Yeah. Would you like it to be post-Justice League, pre-Justice League? I'd like it to be would post-Justice like League. Aye. I think yeah. I, I, I don't see them getting, you know, a $250 million budget again. So I think there's going to be a big, Well, it just depends if it, if, it may, if it makes any kind of money, like, then, then I think it... it it will. It doesn't matter how good or bad it is. I They'll just know. go. Well, I don't think it will make money though. But certainly not. But enough. that also might not be down to you know that's not necessarily the movie's fault. You know, because mm. of the certain like this. There's nothing about this movie. I don't think that like as much as I hated it, I could easily see this movie soaring its way up to a billion dollars. Nah, absolutely not. No, not with the amount of negative word of mouth. You have people who go and see it. I'd say. 60, 750 million dollars this would have took if it would have released like 
with no pandemic just because Wait, of the bad weather. Six, six, 60, 70 million. Like in total. Oh, 600 to 700, 650. <laughs> I was going to say, because it's already made 150 million. Yeah. Um, mm, I don't know. I think it would have get... Pre- I mean, that's still a big success. As, 600 million. But not I when mean, you spent 200, 250 million and then that again on marketing. Yeah, true. I don't know. Uh, but a uh, disappointing film, to be honest. And I'm kind of surprised we've been talking about it this long because I was like... <laughs> all I have is bad things to say about it really yeah but you know like to, good, we're good moaners the two of us I know I do think I do think for what you had to work with I think Kristen Rigg was pretty decent Um, Chris Pine was good I just don't think I really wish Gal Gadot would maybe work in some indie stuff if she wants to like tackle dramatic roles do what you know Margot Robbie did and went and properly worked on, on her craft to do all these like, smaller look weird uh-huh. varied roles if that's the sort of thing she wants to bring in these scenes I just think she needs to to, you know dig her heels in and, and go and pick up some meaty roles but if that's not what she wants yeah. to do then I mean more power to her she's decent enough to 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 be in this sort of film Um, I think she definitely seems like a different kind of Hollywood star in the sense that like it is almost entirely it's kind of like personality based, like just yeah. the vibe of Gal Gadot is like everybody kind of likes her. Yeah. And I think, I don't like, because like you're saying, I think she's passable in a lot of roles. Like, you know, obviously she's in the Fast and Furious, she's going to be in Death in the Nile, she's been in this and that, but it's like all this stuff, she's good at the kind of casual or like the, you know, whispered discussions and, yeah. and and being all kind of serious but as soon as you're right like when it starts to dial up that emotion i think she does struggle and i think um, also it's possible because i've tried to not speak like this but she has perhaps the most beautiful woman who's ever lived and <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to just you know squash her talents down to that based on her looks but is that, bit, is. is that one of your one of your five yeah, stars that you gave is, this movie no she is absolutely phenomenal and that goes a long way in having people people put up with a lot of stuff if an actor or an actress is very good looking and charismatic mm. yeah i mean i think that could be said for literally about 80 percent of hollywood probably yeah but there's there's fucking then there's like Gal Gadot and Margot Robbie and then oh. you know <laughs> and then there's you know I'm not, I'm not gonna do like a top 10 you know <laughs> I was gonna say I was like am I gonna have to cut this out <laughs> no uh, but I think I think you know you know you know what, what I'm saying you know I, I, don't I, I, get, I get what you mean I get what you mean you know it's uh, like that's why that's why they pay Chris Hemsworth the big bucks as well because people can go yeah. and look at him with his top off and you know his chiseled jaw and his beard so his beard, his beard covering his chiseled yeah. jaw. Is that chiseled that um, just sticks through? <laughs> Big crimson chin. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the crimson I chin? <laughs> and his clenched buttocks. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's Wonder Woman 1984. As you can tell, we really didn't like it. We just moaned about it for a solid hour. Um, very disappointing movie so i'm just gonna move on before you start hitting it with your hidden list of things you didn't like about it um we're gonna be moving over to what we've been watching what have you been watching not much to be honest with you i watched mm-hmm. um the third man 
great film, fantastic film. Mm, uh, what is it? Just of course, it's like a, a a noir thriller sort of thing where. Uh, Justin Cotton gets offered the job and I can't even remember um, Austria capital Austria ah old movie um, yeah it's an old movie <laughs> ah it's like 1951 49, 51 right about then uh, he gets offered the job by his mate and his mate turns up dead So, he need, but it, he's not actually dead so he has to figure out what happened to him oh I actually think I've seen clips of this it's fantastic. It's a fantastic movie. Orson Welles is in it as well. He plays Harry Lyme, the guy who's who offered the job but faked his own death. And it's to do wow, it's set in set in <laughs> Don't you watch it anyway? Kind of, um what the fuck's it called? But there's there's uh, like a Russian part of town and an American part of town and like a um and they all police it. So there's mm. still very much obviously the years after the, the Second World War. And they deal with all the kind of politics of that, but it's a fantastic thriller. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Then I watched Big Trouble in Little China. The classic, classic John Carpenter directs Kurt Russell and Kim Cattrall. And it's just about, like, you know, a Chinese black magic gang wall that happens underneath the streets of Chinatown, and Kurt Russell gets involved because they steal his truck. As amazing. Absolutely amazing. That is one I've been meaning to watch for a while. Uh, that and uh, Escape from New York. Escape from New York. Two films amazing of, as well. Of, um, then I watched Michael Palin's Himalaya, Journey of a Lifetime. A wee uh, catch up of, okay. of uh, the, the six part series for 2004. Uh, big fan of Michael Palin's, you know, uh, travel documentaries. So we, we, we change in tone. <laughs> and then that, that was what I watched this week. Um, I I started with I watched uh, as mentioned it before we started Rise and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is one of my favorite movies. I think I think this solidifies it. it must have been about the sixth sixth time or something like that I've seen it, and I just was like, this is amazing. It gave me goosebumps, made me sad. Make, oh, just it's so great. Um, and I, like I was saying, it's also I think the best 4K movie I've seen so far. I'm really excited to watch War. Although I don't think it's as good a movie as Dawn, I just I th- I'm really looking so because I feel like even though Dawn's visual effects are next level, like re- realism, completely real, uh, War takes it just that wee bit further. Um, so I'm really buzzing for that. I watched uh, this BBC comedy series called Staged with uh, Michael Sheen and David Tennant. So it's basically like they're supposed to be trying to rehearse a play so that they're ready. It's done over like Zoom calls, so they're rehearsing a play so that they're ready to go and launch their play in the theatres once they open after the lockdowns. So it's basically two of them, but obviously they're just they're they're meant to be kind of egomaniacs essentially, right. where they can't get in, they don't respect the director and they're constantly slagging each other and all this kind of stuff. And it's it, it's one of those like it's casually funny. Like I don't think it's hilarious, but. It is funny enough, they're really short, it's only 20 minutes, so it's dead easy to watch, only six episodes of the first season, second season's already out, which, <laughs> they must have fired that one out pretty quickly, but um, yeah, I've been quite enjoying that, I also, right, I'm curious to see it, but this, what did you think of Beautiful Mind, Ron Howard? Oh, Kurt Russell, uh, Kurt Russell, Russell Crowe, A Beautiful Mind, Aye. I really like it, uh-huh. I really like it. So I'm, I made it 50 minutes in, I turned it off. Well... I'm thinking I'm going to try and, and finish it, but I just really did not like it. Because it's, it, it, it's that typical, like, 
oh man, I'm really awkward and I've basically got autism and I'm super smart, but I don't know how to deal with people. And the thing is, I don't really like people, they don't really like me. Oh man, it's so awkward. I'm going to go up and ask someone if they want to exchange fluids with me. It's like, uh, there's bits where he's like, oh, I'm going to use masks to figure out how we can all get our hole tonight, how we can all get shy, <laughs> you know, have sex with these women rather than us all going for the main one and all this stuff. And then there was like, there was a point, it was like 55 minutes in where he's like, I really, like, I really want to have sex with you or whatever he's saying to Demi, is it Demi Moore? Uh, I've got no idea. It's been like 10 years since I've no, seen this No, wait, film. it's not Demi Moore, is it? Uh, but, yeah, so he's saying that again. I was like, really? Are we still, are we still on this whole sex thing? Like, and it really, like, it obviously started leaning into some kind of, uh, spy stuff a little bit so like maybe yeah. Je- sorry it's not it's not Demi Moore it's Jennifer Connelly Sick, yeah. uh, so like maybe if it leans into that a bit heavier as I may, like if I try and watch it again but I just I looked at my watch and I was like I've got another hour and 25 minutes of this <laughs> off so I just turned it off but that's all I've watched this week pretty short one very I'm gonna watch Hunters <laughs> of Films for next week then Oh yeah, I so um, well. I mean, I have mentioned it at the beginning of this episode. Obviously, we're doing our one year anniversary next, which will actually be a week from the day this episode comes out. We'll also be covering uh controversial film opin- opinions. So we'll have our live episode on Twitter. We'll also have a regular episode coming out on Friday as well. So you know, I was gonna say take your pick. Don't take your pick. <laughs> Come and watch the live one, then listen to the other one. Uh, I'm going to try and work on getting it so that the the live stream is also available after the fact. I'm not really looked into that. I'm going to assume it's possible. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll just see if my computer can take it. If it has the file storage to 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 record like an hour and a half worth of video. Um, so I'll need to delete some things, I think. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that is that is the episode. If you want to hear more from us, so you can't wait till next Friday, we will be back for the recasting couch on tuesday this week we're recasting peter jackson's king kong last week we done gladiator ridley scott's gladiator we done twilight the week before it's a fun wee side show that we do uh where we recast movies as if they're being made today so you can uh listen to those shows you can let us know at the film aspect on twitter what you think of those castings if you think they're rubbish or good who's better sometimes sometimes it's tied but you know i'd i have my days brian has his (laughs) <laughs> sometimes neither of us are really doing that well but you know it just, just, and then you can really you can try and judge and guess which out of the two of us have better memory of the film that we're actually talking about and who's just watched a couple of YouTube videos before we started I have done that a couple of times just because I can't it's been so long I've not had the time to watch it myself but um, yeah so we'll be back for then Tuesday for uh, King Kong Recast Friday for Controversial Film Opinions and their first birthday live episode which will be a load of fun you should come check it out then anything to add nothing nothing to add you're a happy you're a happy bunny yep (laughs) so we'll see you on tuesday friday all the other days listen to all the show give us a follow give us a share give us a review if you want and we'll see you next week bye